So our girl, Candy Waller, Seawall Sports and Entertainment, discussed this and called it yesterday in the fast lane during covering the Commonwealth. And if you want to uh, make sure that she actually did this, we keep receipts. And guess what? We keep receipts. At Fast Lane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts. And she mentioned that the Washington Capitals and Wizards probably were going to leave Washington, D.C. And now the report has come out that an announcement on that is expected tomorrow with Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin joining the Leonsis family, Ted Leonsis, the owner of Monumental Sports and Entertainment about the potential site. We use potential air quotes. It's in Northern Virginia. Sports complex in Northern Virginia. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're a Washington sports fan, by the way, I'll throw this out there. And if you're from Washington, D.C., you can weigh in on this more. It doesn't really matter to me one way or another. But my, my question to you is this, Trey. Would you trade losing the Capitals and Wizards in downtown D.C.? If it meant you could get the Washington Commanders back into D.C.? Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know if either will happen. No, because realistically, there's a lot of hurdles that still need to be climbed for uh, for the Washington Commanders, and it'll depend on whoever, as a government, D.C., the state of Maryland, or the Commonwealth of Virginia, gives them a better deal. And, the, and Virginia, no matter, has been trying for a while to get this to happen, like, you know, whether it was, you know, governors before this, not just Yunkin. Yes, uh, it's been a it's been a common theme to say the least, Trey. Um, meanwhile, we'll, we'll pivot off of that. And if, you know, Ben Cates calls in the next two minutes, we'll get him on. If not, we'll aim for a later day, a day later this week. Um, but tomorrow, probably Chad Asson from a CFRed.com. And we're hoping to get with Ryan Leaf, uh, former NFL quarterback and now Westwood one NFL and college football analyst. Uh, is the goal tomorrow. So we're kind of loaded up with that, which means we have a chance for more discussion today, including your topics from Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But Carl had chimed in with this, and it's in relation to the college football playoff. Two bits of comments. Carl had one, and a guy with Dougie Fresh wanted to throw this other one in there. Dougie Fresh said, the obvious solution is to include the Orange Bowl winner in the playoffs. The NCAA could announce that with a wave of national support by sports broadcasters and some quick legal action by Florida State and perhaps Georgia and consent by the committee. Let the other two bowl games play out, the Rose and the Sugar. The committee meets again January 1st or January 2nd to decide who gets a bye to face the winner of Georgia and Florida State. So, in theory, that would have been a great idea. But the reality is, is you cannot use the Orange Bowl featuring Florida State and Georgia to determine anything, Trey. If Florida State gets clobbered or if they beat the snot out of Georgia, either way, I'm taking that result with a grain of salt because both those programs are at the point where they believe they're playoff worthy. And when you're a program who believes you're playoff worthy, and that's what you sell to your fans to your coaching staff, and most importantly to the players, you're going to get a slew of opt-outs. I'm sure they're coming for Georgia, and I'm sure that some others will join Johnny Wilson of Florida State in electing to opt out of the bowl game as well. I would be shocked if Trey Benson at running back plays in this game. Why more wear and tear at that position than you need? Keon Coleman, I wouldn't expect him to play in this game. Is that the same Florida State team even that we saw toward the end of the year if those other playmakers aren't on the field? No. So the theory behind Dougie Fresh is great, but the reality is is just somebody was going to get screwed and the committee was going to make sure that it wasn't the SEC by screwing either their future member, Texas, or their current members, Alabama or Georgia, but rather the ACC and a school that has no ties to the playoffs. So that's really what ultimately ended up happening, Trey. 
Yeah, I mean, it, there were six teams, I guess, you want to say qualified. If you want to throw in Ohio State, make it set. I mean, coming into the weekend, it was eight. Throw in Oregon as well in Ohio State. Um, yeah, I just, I'm going to stay on the, the same stance of uh, the committee had an excuse with Jordan Travis's injury. Um, if they had a, like, understood that Tate Rodmaker would have played in the playoff, um, I, I think, I just think they ignored the games at this point. And I'm not going to change from that stance. I hope Florida State beats Georgia despite who it is and just claims a national championship. Because that would be hilarious. Oh, it 100 percent would. And I'm I'm okay with that. I, I was okay when UCF did it, especially UCF, who's a you know they said they're the only undefeated team. Like they beat the one team that beat both teams in the national championship. So they and and it was a selling point for them. Like it got them relevant next year, where they almost went, you know, undefeated, or they went undefeated the next year and then lost to obviously. Uh, Joe Burrow before Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow in LSU, but it was a good game uh, from what I remember. Ironically, in the Fiesta Bowl where Liberty will be, um, to tie it all together. But if you're Florida State, I think you'll see less opt-outs. I don't know how many they'll get um, like compared to Georgia. Um, but yeah, I, I just think you can't do... You can't like go back. I mean, this problem is never going to happen again, luckily, because it's a 12-team playoff and four was always dumb. But, yeah, it's just it's just frustrating that, you know, at the end of the day, Alabama gets in. I I hope Michigan beats them and Florida State wins, and it's like kind of that's, again, the funny reaction to these things. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll see. Next year, the games will matter. These games will matter more and it can be, Florida State could prove it more next year and it's is what it is. Uh, you know, it is I, what I'm it is. I'm over it now. Like I'm just ready for the the games to start. I, I am as well, but I do want to address one more point because Carl brought this up, and it's it's worth bringing this in as well. And we'll kind of put a bow on you know Florida State believing that they're screwed, but yet uh, the ACC not defending them, and maybe with justifiable cause because I don't think Florida State wants to stick around in the ACC anyway. Uh, but Carl adds, I think it's part of how these conferences are perceived and part of how they should be perceived. There's no question that it does appear the committees from 2014 forward have favored the SEC, and I think rightly so. Second, if Alabama or Georgia wasn't involved in the college football playoff, where's the draw or the villain to pull against? Uh, The the team that was accused of cheating all year is a pretty good villain. I just want to say. So you bring up a good point about the villain, but my other point to that is if that's the role and we're talking about villains, then are we basing it based on the most deserving teams or the best teams, or are we basing it... What I think, honestly, Trey, is the fact that this is a TV product and you're basically making decisions for what you believe is going to be the most entertaining product, not necessarily the most deserving, and those are not the same things. Um, Here's the other thing. The perception of the SEC. I have no way to dispute, and no, nor will I dispute, what Carl has said about the SEC. By far, they put more players in the NFL draft than any other conference. They have a decade-plus track record of proving that. So it's clear. The Big Ten is closing the gap on or is distancing themselves from pretty much everyone else. And that will continue to be the case because those conferences with their TV rights and the advocation for being pay for play will have more dollar, dollar bills, y'all. In some form to allocate to players, whether it is directly through revenue sharing or 
by saying, hey, we've got enough TV money that will encourage our donors to support the NIL collectives, and then we can effectively reward players if they choose to come to our school and perform easily attainable tasks, which is how you get around the whole idea of pay for play. But here's the reality to this too. That's in the past. This year, in terms of deserving and product, this has not been a great year for the SEC. It's the a ACC, down year. The ACC went 6-4 and four against the SEC. The ACC was a better conference than the SEC. Alabama won the SEC regular season, and they got beat by Texas by 10 at home in an argument that Trey and I have made ad nauseum to this point. So I get what Carl is saying about the SEC perception, but prior years should not factor into how you view a team in a conference in this current year and how they've actually performed. Should it have, it did, obviously. And then, yes, you're talking about the villain. Hey, you're talking about big brands and people don't like Texas because there's a snobbery that goes along with that conference. Totally don't don't disagree with that at all. Georgia has become a team that's won twice. You start to root against that. And Alabama, there are a lot of people that can't stand Nick Saban. So there's a lot of validity to that as well. A um, couple of points on coaching. Jeff asked about the outlook of Bill Belichick in New England. Um, I'll revert back to our conversation with Ross Tucker who is the Westwood One analyst who called the Army-Navy game this past weekend and uh, is the former NFL lineman who actually played for the Patriots during a chunk of his NFL career. Um, At some point, it's just time for a change. And it doesn't mean that you're not one of the best. But Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the NFL and was one of the best coaches in the NFL when his time expired in Philadelphia. But the message within that organization had just grown stale and they needed a different approach. And Philadelphia ultimately went in a different direction. The average lifespan of a Fortune 500 CEO is about 10 years. You're talking about the average span of a head coach. In the NFL, over time, it does wear itself out. And it's hard to keep that message going again and again and again. Belichick has had an awesome run in New England. But it is clear right now that they're not performing very well. And the lack of message resonation has become a real issue with them. Uh, Good question about Jeff. But if I had to presume... Belichick is gone from New England, and I think they'll term it more of an amicable split at the end of the year, and Belichick can go wherever he wishes. That topic is not going away, nor is your feedback, so keep it coming. Fast Lane Edling and Trey Lau VT on the socials, and come back and join us tomorrow, 5 to 6, on the CBS Sports Radio Lynch Program.